Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So lots of positive feedback about the episode that I dropped about spring bird song. So I decided to put together spring bird song part two, which is very exciting. It's also exciting that you joined me today for this is episode number 25. I cannot tell you how excited I am about that because when I was originally researching and putting together podcasts, uh, this podcast back in July, all the research I did and all the reading I did and all the videos I watched, uh, the number came out that uh, a very small percentage of podcasts that begin never make it past their eighth episode. So to reach a milestone uh, again, there's podcasts that have thousands of episodes. So to reach episode 25 is kind of a big deal, and I'm definitely excited about that. So I appreciate you joining me this week. Uh, we continue to roll right into spring here, which is just amazing. We started to, uh, The weather has started to improve a little bit here in the north northeastern corner of the United States, and um, the birds are still on the move. So this is Spring Bird Song Part 2. Obsessed with Weather is brought to you by Birding Situate. Are you looking for an awesome, outdoor, socially distant, and fun activity to enjoy this spring? Well, if so, join me and co-leader Liam Norton as we start our six-part springtime birding class series beginning on April 12th of this year. That's only two weeks away, so if you can get signed up, you want to do that sooner rather than later. To learn more and to sign up today, Visit birdingsituate.com. That's B-I-R-D-I-N-G-S-C-I-T-U-A-T-E.com. Birdingsituate.com to get your birding experience started today. Everywhere he goes, people want to know what's the weather, so he tells them. He's obsessed with the weather, any type of weather, he's obsessed. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the podcast, and we are very excited once again to welcome you to episode number 25 of Obsessed with the Weather. I'm your host, Steve McGuire. The podcast is coming to you from the home of some of the world's most diverse weather, Situate, Massachusetts. A reminder to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you listen to your podcasts on. And if you're looking for some more information, visit obsessedwiththeweather.com to find out more about today's episode and other information about the weather. So, as I said, I have a great episode for you today as we have Spring Birdsong Part 2. And with all that positive feedback, I thought this would be a great way to get things going for this episode. As always, let us begin with our quiz question this week. So the quiz question is this now. We've been talking birds, and, you know, as I said in the first version of this, one of the reasons that I've combined my passion for weather and birds is because, I, you know, I, I'm an ornithology teacher. I love birds. I've grown up with birds uh, my entire life and thought it would be cool to kind of share that. Um, the other thing to keep in perspective about uh, why we're doing where these two things meet, birds and weather, is uh, the birds are incredibly dependent upon the weather, and particularly this time of year, they're incredibly dependent upon the sunshine. So their song is really triggered by the increase that we've had in daylight over the course of the last three months or so. So, all right, our quiz question this week, tying into birds, 
What are the five characteristics or traits that make a bird a bird? So, for an animal to be classified as a bird, it has to have five traits or characteristics. What are those five traits? All right. So let's begin part two of bird song and springtime bird song. So the first bird we're going to start with today is an incredibly numerous bird. They are everywhere, and they're located mostly. They live in、uh, most of North America, east of the Rockies. They're incredibly beautiful. They're iridescent, and they're dependent upon farm and agriculture. And because farming and agriculture in the United States and in North America is so successful, this bird has just taken off in numbers. So. The bird we're going to deal with today, the first one, is a bird called a common grackle. So we'll play the call for you first. So here is common grackle. So they have this really kind of harsh, loud.、Uh, Noise that they make that is very short, very shallow. It's not a song. It's not sing-songy like a robin, but it's very harsh and makes that sort of raspy sound. So these birds are have a beautiful purple head. They have an iridescent kind of bronze body and a bright kind of scary-looking yellow eye. So that's part of their first song. Let me add now what they call it's called the chuck note. Okay, so listen to this. Here we go. So that's the chuck note of the grackle, and remember, songs are longer typically than calls、uh, and little notes. So、uh, the first part let you know what the grackle sounded like with its song, and then that little chuck note is the other thing. The, another way to identify them from flight is you, they look like they have a very long triangular tail that's hanging down behind them. So common grackle,、uh, obviously, it's named the common grackle because it's just that. It's common. You can find them everywhere and in huge numbers. We'll play that call for you one more time. And when you get a bunch of these together, unbelievably loud. So there you go. There's your first bird.、Uh, our next bird is actually two birds. So particularly in the northeastern part of the United States, we actually have two types of crows. Believe it or not. So. A lot of people grew up with an American crow,、uh, very very common sound.、Uh, you hear them doing their caw 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 all the time, and you know that they're probably one of the most identifiable birds by a sound. And American crows live in the eastern two thirds only of the United States. So let's start with com with American crow first to get this one started. So here we go. Some typical caws. Right, pretty standard stuff. So、uh, that's American crow. That caw caw caw. You heard a whole family of crows,、um, a whole family of them starting to get going toward the very end. Here's another sort of variant of that caw. So here we go. They also do、uh, this、uh, kind of a neat. No, here's a here's. 
their uh, sort of nasally noise that they make as well, which is kind of neat. So listen to this. Here's some juvenile nasal uh, American crow cause. Okay, so lots of language. Crows are incredibly smart. They're actually one of the smartest birds on the entire planet, and they're used uh, in some cases. There's done research that they are able to do use facial recognition. The crows themselves can recognize individual people, and they can teach their uh, babies about individual people as well. That's that's incredibly. It sounds like I'm making it up. Um, if you really want to spend a worthwhile hour, go to YouTube. And look up a show, literally type this in, Murder of Crows on PBS. It'll be one of the best hours you spend, and it'll change your entire perspective about crows. They're just unbelievably smart. Okay, so that was American Crow. And then in the springtime, this time of year, particularly in the northeastern part of the United States, we start to get introduced to what's called a fish crow. So fish crow is a little bit smaller uh, it's about two-thirds the size of an American crow, and the call is very different. It's very nasally. I, I teach it to my ornithology students. It, sound like, it sounds like it's saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. So here's, here's fish crow. Okay, so that's its typical kind of two-note caw and call. Now go back to what we grew up with, most of us, with American Crow of caw, caw, caw. Here's the fish crow's version of an Amer- of a of an, um, the caw, caw, caw of a crow, and it sounds like its nose is plugged. It sounds like it has a stuffy nose. So this is fish crow, caw, caw, caw. And just for a perfect comparison, while they're right next to each other and you have that fish crow in your brain, right, I want to play American Crow's caw, caw, caw for you again so you have some understanding of how different those actually are. Right? So there you go. Fish crow versus American crow. And again, you can find... Fish crows uh, from coastal Louisiana all the way up to New England, and American crows are found in the eastern two-thirds of North America. Our third bird is a just an incredible songster, makes so many different sounds. I, I actually, an amazing story, last week I was out with my ornithology classes, and I heard this bird, and I said to my kids, I said, oh my goodness, 40-plus years of birding, I don't know if I've ever heard this noise before. And we uh, kind of hunted it down and we searched everywhere. And, we, and it's so great to have, you know, 15, 18-year-olds with me who have just incredible eyes. And one of my kids was like, there it is. And we, we were all like, oh, it's a tufted titmouse. Then our next bird up is tufted titmouse. And they just make incredible sounds. They make lots of different sounds. And that's what threw us off. We had no idea what this bird was until we saw it. But they do make kind of a standard call. If you listen for tufted titmouse, they tend to sing and make a noise. They go, Peter, 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 Peter. All right, so here we go. Here's uh, tufted titmouse.
So there's four different species of titmice that are found all over North America. The tufted titmouse can be found east of the Mississippi. Beautiful little bird, has an all black kind of shark eye. It's got a crest, like a little crown on the top of his head, and some beautiful, mostly gray on the back, and some beautiful orange on the side or its orange flanks. So let me play some of the variants that you'll hear this spring of tufted titmouse. So you heard that, Peter, Peter, Peter. Here's the next one. Then they make this noise. Then they make this sort of electrical wire sound, which is amazing. Here you go. Super high pitched. And then more electrical wires. And tufted titmice are, are fabulous because once they get going, they'll come in, they'll show up in the woods in a real like a mini flock of like five to seven of them, and they are wild. Once they get going, they're really loud. They make a series of all those different notes, just really cool birds. So there's our third bird of the spring, uh, tufted titmouse. The next one, easily one of the most, or the males anyway. One of the most recognizable birds in all of North America. Uh, our bird for bird number four is a bird called a northern cardinal. Cardinals are named, uh, the males particularly, but the species in general, for their bright red color, named after the Roman Roman Catholic Church uh, cardinals who wear those bright red robes. And an interesting, amazing fact about cardinals is that up until about 1950, they got about as far as southern Illinois and New Jersey. In the last 60, 70 years, their range has pushed all the way up to southern Canada. So whether it be climate change or bird feeders being added, northern cardinals have benefited a great deal from that. Their range has expanded a ton. Lots of different noises. Let's play the song first. One of the variables, northern cardinal. So that's one version of their song. Here's another sort of quicker version of their song. Here we go. And another variant. So just like humans, birds have dialects. So you can have a bird in New England that sounds a cardinal in New England that sounds one way and a cardinal in South Carolina that sounds a little bit different. So kind of neat to know that about bird calls and bird song. So that was the Northern Cardinal song. Here's its call, high pitch chip note. And again, beautiful bird, bright red, black mask, orange bill, typically really early morning songsters. You can hear them uh, pre-sunrise, typically, 
Uh, they You don't hear them after sunset, but typically before sunrise. And finally, our fascinating research done about these birds, but a bird that a lot of people are familiar with is a bird called a blue jay. A lot of people can recognize blue jays. They've heard them. Uh, you may have seen them somewhere in the mix, but they make lots of amazing songs. So let's begin with the first note or the first call they make and song that they make. They're actually saying JJ, JJ. So they say their name. Here's Blue Jay. Here we go. They're going JJ, JJ, JJ. And then you heard that little rattle noise in there. They make that noise as well. So that's one. Here's a little variant of that. Here you go. Amazing. A third version. That's referred to as their bell call. So blue jays, a pretty good-sized bird, about a foot in, in uh, length, and they have that blue crest and kind of a blackish necklace and blue and white markings all over them. They're found in the eastern two-thirds of the United States. There's a western version of this jay called a Stellar's jay, which is a deep, rich, beautiful blue, but just spectacular blue jay. And a kind of fun, neat thing about blue jays is they have the ability to mimic the call of a red-shouldered hawk. So this is a blue jay making a red-shouldered hawk noise. Listen to this. So what a lot of people might mistaken as uh, a red-shouldered hawk is actually a blue jay. So there you go. Those are your five part two most common spring bird songs. Common grackle, American crow versus fish crow, tufted titmouse, northern cardinal, and blue jay. So again, I challenge you, get out there early in the morning, even listen to this podcast, and then pause and take your headphones off and see if you can listen and hear it, right? So give that a shot and... You'll be birding by ear before you know it. All right, let's wrap it up, and we're going to come up with our quiz question and answer. So the question was, what are the five characteristics or traits that make a bird a bird? In order to be classified as a bird, an animal needs five characteristics. One, they must have feathers. Feathers are an obvious trait, but feathers are the game changer. If you don't have feathers, you're not a bird. Wings. All birds have wings. Not all birds fly. So if you said flight, that's incorrect, They but they all have wings. Beaks or bills. Beaks or bills um, are another important characteristic. They have to have one of the, or the both of those. So not both of them, but one or the other, obviously. If they had both, that would be a story to write home about. Um, they need to be able to lay hard-shelled eggs, and that's a huge important detail there. Hard-shelled eggs is important. And the last one is they have to have a, uh, a skeletal system that is adapted, they typically have to have hollow cross-sectioned bones as it allows them to be able to be light and for most of birds to be able to fly. So those are your five characteristics that make a bird a bird. I hope you got a lot out of this week's podcast. If you did enjoy it, again, a positive rating anywhere that you can rate the podcast always goes a long way and is helpful. I appreciate you joining me so much this week. You can find out more about today's show and other episodes by visiting ObsessedWithTheWeather.com. And again, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, 
or whatever you listen to your podcasts on. And again, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome week. Mm-hmm.